Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Welcome to another edition of the Baby Bowl. I don't want to say off-season edition because guess what, Rob? We are in the middle of preseason now. I don't know if that's accurate statement or not. I know it's week two. It's already started in the preseason. Feels like football is right around the corner. Regular season, NFL, week one, football, right around the corner, Rob. I know. I love it. It's exciting. It's exciting. We can You could call it draft season if you wanted. Oh, it is kind of draft season. And yes, it is exciting. And that's why I am so excited. Not to mention, I am drinking uh, sweet tea out of a out of a gallon jug right now. So I'm really, okay. really excited and pumped. You said excited, but you know, Rob Norton excited and Wes Easley excited. If two totally different things, I think. <laughs> I think so. I think so. I, it's a it's tough to get me really, uh, really, really amped up in terms of my voice. So, so yeah, it's uh, it'll it'll take a lot. It's like, yeah. All right. Well, you are the daddy of the baby bowl, so I'm glad you're not getting too excited because I'd imagine the daddy of the baby bowl, if he gets excited, would start yelling and screaming at everybody just like regular daddies kind of do, you know, just depending on the day, depending on how long work was, depending on what actually went bonkers at your house that day. You know, sometimes sometimes dads can lose their cool or something. I can't picture you losing your cool around the house, though, Rob. It takes a lot. It's it's like I I can't say I haven't because I definitely have but little little yeah, Connor it takes little a, Connor it, can get into stuff I, I don't... <laughs> yeah it, he, Carson he gets a, he gets a little wild he gets a little wild sometimes and but yes it it definitely takes a lot to push me push me to the edge I'm usually a pretty uh pretty calm laid back kind of guy. Well, that is good to hear because over on Twitter, you are the same way. And you can follow Rob over on Twitter at Norton0723 over there. Don't forget to follow me at Loafinit. And you can follow the show at FI Today with a little underscore. Now, Rob, I have got to ask you, do you have any updates on the Baby Bowl? We haven't asked this. I haven't asked this in a couple of weeks. Uh, Are we we pushing 200 yet? How are we doing on the numbers? Yeah, so we're not pushing 200, unfortunately. Um... Right now we have 125 signed up, assuming everyone signs in and pays. Um, okay. So, so yeah, I, I'm I'm working on trying to get keep getting more. Um, you know, I've I've probably asked four or five hundred people actually. Um, so we'll see. I was gonna fo- uh, within either today or in the next few days. I was gonna follow up with people I haven't heard back from. Um, and uh, hopefully, hopefully the number can just keep growing and uh, be nice to get close to that 200 mark. Well, this baby bowl is as much everybody else's in that chat room and, and in uh, the discord and everything as it is yours, I, I believe, because everybody takes pride in the baby bowl, in their positioning, in their rankings, in their in their final status of where they finished in the baby bowl, not only week after week, because it is a weekly contest. You don't necessarily have to set a lineup every week and stress out about it. It's like a DFS lineup where you set your lineup, you forget about it, and then those players are removed from the player pool, so you don't have to worry about those guys anymore. It's 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 a really fun event uh it takes care of itself in my head and it breaks up the monotony of the weekly strategies that you have to use of who do i put on my bench who do i start or even the dfs strategies that that can frankly it stresses me out the dfs strategy stresses me out a little bit sometimes rob but the baby bowl is kind of like relaxing to me i don't know how to describe it 
Uh, but I appreciate you putting it together, and I'm going to encourage everybody to continue to spread the word about the Bay Bowl. Uh, ask people yourself in your home leagues. Ask people in your home leagues or people that you have been drafting with in all the different kind of different leagues, Raz Bowl, Scott Fish Bowl, all those places, just in those chat rooms that maybe you've been in. Hey, if you guys don't forget about one last league you need to sign up for, and maybe may, may wait a week or two to ask them this, uh, don't forget about the Bay Bowl because everybody's still going to be itching. Everybody's going to be itching right before the season starts to want to uh, join another group, you know, <laughs> join another draft. And this is perfect for that, Rob. Yeah, definitely. Um, I've been trying to do the same with mine. You know, I, I uh, always reach out to every one of my my home leagues and, and, you know, let them know and see who, you know, wants to join. And same thing with the Razzball. I let everyone know. There was a, actually one or two guys um, that were in my Raz, actually my Razzball division that are already in there so he actually the funny part was he actually shared it in the group chat before i did um so that was that was cool that was it was nice and um yeah same thing with scott fishbowl and things like that i've been i've been trying to spread the word so yeah everyone keeps spreading the word and uh like you said it's it's nice because it is kind of more of a a simple the way i the way i kind of describe it is easy to learn hard to difficult to master so like it's it's definitely a very laid back kind of league, um, you know. Like you said, like the DFS, you got so much, you know, numbers and all, all these kind of things with the salaries, the projected ownerships, like all that kind of stuff. This, you know, you kind of just can set your best lineup each week, and yeah, there can be a little gamesmanship on trying to figure out who had played who. And I mean, so many people, it's hard to hard to know who is already who has who left in the player pool. So. So yeah, it's a uh, it's definitely um, a nice easy league to to add to the group of leagues if you're in multiple. Well, one of the things that ticks me off, I, I, yeah, it makes me mad a little bit, is when my sweet tea runs out in my gallon jug. But also whenever <laughs> I get sniped in all these different draft rooms and I don't get the player that I want. You know what I like best about Baby Bowl? I get that player I want on the week I want, and nobody can tell me any differently. You know what I mean? Like, and it's on me if I pick the wrong guy. That's, so it's my guy. He's my guy that week, and that's what I like. That's a good point, too, yeah. It's it's nice because you get to use any player you want on any week you want as long as you haven't used them yet. So, yeah, no one can no one can take the guy from you. No one can snipe the guy from you. Um, there's no salary salary limits or anything like that so you can make as stacked of a lineup as you want um yeah it's 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 definitely fun i was stacking a little bit i was playing around there on week number one and of course there's that arizona matchup arizona's got a real juicy los angeles got a real juicy matchup too week one and i was just stacking away and i was going which one do i want which one do i want to do i thought that was really nice hey uh, rob this week i was playing around on the old internet and i ended up over at fantasy pros and matthew friedman's NFL preseason takeaway week number one. I want to make sure everybody's up to speed on some of these things that transpired over here. But Matthew Friedman did a wonderful job of kind of giving a synopsis. Did I use that word right? A synopsis of all the things that worked out on week number one. Some things that we got to have our eyes on because all of us are in that draft season right now. One of the things that caught my eye was that Isaiah Pacheco, our favorite hockey player who plays running back for the Kansas City Chiefs, (laughs) he entered the game ahead of Ronald Jones and Jarek McKinnon. Now, it doesn't open my eyes too much to him you know, going in there before Jarek McKinnon. I think after Jarek McKinnon's 
uh, end of the season playing that he did for the Chiefs and also in the playoffs that he did. I, uh, Jarek McKinnon, he, they want him to have gas in the tank, I believe, towards the end of the season or whatever they need him. But Ronald Jones is on. I've heard so many reports about him possibly getting cut from the Chiefs, Rob. And Pacheco is turning heads in that Kansas City locker room. Yeah, it's interesting because I've heard a lot of the same. Rojo is like, they keep being reports that he's on the roster bubble. And, you know, I thought heading in when they signed him, the idea was that, you know, heading after the signing, it seemed a lot very likely that him and CEH might split work. Right. Um, so now he's on the, the word that he's on the roster bubble is definitely interesting development. Isaiah Pacheco, I'm so torn on him because we we every year it seems like we fall for another chiefs running back and mm. and um like last last year just last year i'm pretty sure it was uh uh everybody's favorite preseason hyped running back darwin thompson and uh he got all all the buzz all off season and um he was a super super buzzy sleeper and he didn't do anything so i i Part of me feels like he's Isaiah Pacheco's in the same mold. Um, I mean, but it's hard. It's also hard to ignore, you know, the fact that he did enter the game before those those veterans. It's hard to ignore like all the glowing reports about him. And so, I mean, and Ceh has never, you know, he's not anything like established. So, I mean, it's yeah. possible. No, no, it is possible. And and I'll, I'll take everything with that Chiefs game with a little grain of salt because they were playing my Bears. And uh, <laughs> even Sky Moore, you know, getting open on almost every single play, it seemed like they were playing the Bears. Okay, let's just take it with a grain of salt. <laughs> let's not overreact. I think Pacheco and I, I think that Sky Moore are great additions to dynasty teams, especially Pacheco. Sky Moore may be able to add some value this year. I'm not sure how that's going to work out, but we know there's some injury history with uh, wide receivers. I expect also, uh, who's that Who's that wide receiver that played for them last year? Just got re- uh, released by the Raiders. Oh, Robinson is his name. Oh, Demarcus Robinson, yeah. Yeah, I, I would imagine he's going to end up signing back with the Chiefs at some point, and I still say that uh, Patrick Mahomes really likes him, really trusts him. His eyes just seem to find Robinson. Not that Robinson is going to do great things each week, week in and week out, but I just I think he'll be a factor in that Chiefs thing, which would take away snaps from Sky Moore, in my opinion. Hey, uh, Rob, Daniel Bellinger, he played 16-18 snaps with Daniel Jones. He was on the field a lot. But I don't think he. I don't think he. I don't think he was going like out for a lot of uh, catches or anything like that. And and plus, we just don't trust rookie tight ends, right? Yeah, that's the that's the hardest part about it for me. Is so. I mean, even last year with Kyle Pitts being a rookie tight end, he was you know like the arguably the the most hyped tight end in the history of the NFL, and he disappointed relative to his ADP, but he still had, I mean, he still had a good year for a rookie tight end, but you're talking about a guy that put up one of the best rookie tight end seasons ever. And he was still like tight end eight in points per game. So, I mean, this is a guy, obviously it's nowhere near as heralded and as a rookie tight end later round pick. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I haven't really, to be honest, I haven't really drafted him pretty much anywhere. Okay, I, I don't blame you because we just don't trust those rookie tight ends. Hey, I got a question, too. You talked about Kyle Pitts. You are the Papa Bear of the Baby Bowl, all right? You're the Papa Bear. That's the way I kind of look at you. And uh, with Papa mm-hmm. Bear and the story of, what, Goldilocks in that – was it Goldilocks? 
No. Yeah. 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 It was Goldilocks. And uh, yeah, the, the porridge, the porridge was too hot. The porridge was too cold or the porridge was just right. Marcus Mariota. I watched some highlights of him. I watched the game film. I watched, you know, the, whatever the, the little condensed version of the game or whatnot. So I didn't get to see all the bad plays, but I definitely saw some good plays. And Marcus Mariota looked a little bit better than I wanted to give him credit for. I know it wasn't the regular season, but in draft rooms, Marcus Mariota is on the bottom part of the quarterback tiers. Is that too hot, too cold, or is that just right? That is too cold. Um, he he He's a guy I've actually been uh, hyping up in the offseason a lot, um, partly because of... My, I, I do love Kyle Pitts this year, but the other the other thing was is I just think that he is going to run a little bit more than people give him credit for. Um, he's going to be more efficient than people give him credit for. He's he's kind of a he like if you look if if you haven't seen him play or haven't watched, seen his stats, he's he's always had an issue of like holding the ball a little bit too long in terms of like he doesn't want to force passes. He doesn't make it. He doesn't actually doesn't make a ton of mistakes. But he's also too conservative at times. But the thing is, is that he's he's uh, he runs and he won't make those mistakes and things like that. And if he does run as much as he's shown he can, that's going to boost him way up. I mean, he's way down in the rankings. Um, and I think part of it is the worry that he's going to lose his job. Um, and he may. And but that I mean, the thing is, is like if you draft him basically for free. Um, there's no reason that you can't find another QB at some point. So he, he's, he's definitely a guy that's there. People are way too cold on. Yeah. I don't have him enough. I'm, I, he, he inspired me to go out and uh, put in a couple more best ball leagues or go get in a couple more and get some Marcus Mariota there towards before, yeah, the towards the bottom of the, of the quarterback tiers. Hey, Travis Etienne, I saw him as well play for the Jaguars. Rob, he looked fast. He had some bounce to him. I couldn't believe I, I when I, I what I remember from him in college was I wasn't that impressed. Like I thought it was the competition more so than it was hmm. him. I knew he had some skill. I knew he had some talent, but it just didn't wow me. I wasn't like, whoa, there's Saquon Barkley. Yeah, I, I didn't think that. I just went there eh, eh, above average quarter uh, hmm. running back. But I saw him on the field and I was thinking, wow. He's a little bit slipperier than I thought. And our buddy John Frisella would love that if he was slippery, right? Uh, yeah. He's going, he was going in, uh, let's see, let's see. He's going as like the 15th running back off the board, Rob. 15th running back off the board. Let's see. 12 is Alvin Kamara, Fournette, Chubb, ETN, and James Connor. Do, do you like that order? Kamara, Fournette, Chubb, ETN, and Connor? Or would you jump ETN up more? I'm jumping ETN up more. He's one of my favorites this year. Really? I've been this is, this is another guy I've been hyping, hyping all off season. I actually did a did a little thing for the the guys over at uh, Dad Bod Fantasy Squad, and uh-huh. um, you know they had their their Dad Bod uh, Fantasy Squad team, and it was basically a player at each position that you're, you know, definitely like the Dad Bod play off the Dad Bod, definitely always drafting before others do, and so. ETM was my my running back pick, and the thing that I love so much about him is okay. So, like you said, he's 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 explosive. He's fast. Um, they he he doesn't like from from other reports. I mean, I haven't scouted him like a ton myself, so I'm not gonna act like I had know everything about him or anything. But 
his it seems like his biggest knock is that people say he's like kind of his vision and his patience like in the hole is not the greatest but um when you're that fast that explosive and profile as a very 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 good player in the passing game in terms of catching the ball getting in space making things happen i mean <laughs> I, I i love that i mean especially in full ppr we're looking at a guy that even even if he even if James Robinson is healthy to start the year, which I don't believe he will be. I mean, he's he didn't he tore his Achilles in week 16 last year. Um, usually it takes the guys more than a year to come back full strength. Yeah, Cam Akers is, is, came back crazy fast, but he was nowhere near what he was before. He was so looked so much less explosive. Usually guys aren't back until like the second year and, and which is more than a full year removed from an injury like that. And James Robinson, I mean, he was, he's been good, but he was not known for his explosiveness to begin with. Right. And this is a different organization that, that like, so they have no ties technically to either one, but they have no ties to using James Robinson the same way they did before. Um, to me, James Robinson, he's not going to be full strength to start the year. He may not even play in the beginning of the year. Um, that's going to give ETN a chance to be a workhorse at least early on. And even the thing is, he doesn't even need to be a workhorse. Um, if you look at Kamara, Kamara and Swift were like his like most common player comps. If you look at Kamara's rookie year, he only had 120 carries to Mark Ingram's 230. So, and Ingram even had like 50 some catches on top of that. And Kamara had like 80, but we're talking about, you know, Trevor Lawrence was like checking the ball down at one of the highest rates last year too. And he's come, it's his college teammate. He's comfortable with him. He fed him passes. I mean, he had like a 12 or 13% target share in college his senior year. Um, this guy is not, ETN isn't even a guy that needs to get all these, a full workhorse type role. I mean, he, if he gets even 150 carries 55 plus catches, which I think both of those are kind of like, low end of what he can do. I mean, he think he has upside to get to 250 and 70 in a best case scenario, wow. 75. Um, and now obviously these are all like more best case scenarios, but even if he gets only like 150 carries and 50 catches, I mean, I think it was one of the guys over there also at dad bod, uh, fanny squad was talking, talking about all the players who have gotten like a hundred and, 19 carries and 50 plus catches have all been like top 12 running backs and he's being drafted outside that. And I think those are near floor type type uh, numbers for him. So yeah, I love, I love ETN. If you no, I, tell. I, but no, I, I guess we all know what to get you for Christmas. Now is a Travis ETN shirtless poster is what we need to get you. <laughs> hey, uh, <laughs> hey, uh, just, just uh, to follow up with Travis ETN a little bit. I, I do like that. James Robinson. I think they keep talking about him coming back in week number one. And Doug Peterson, of course, is that coach there. And I remember him back from his Philadelphia days. And yes, he, he knows how to get running backs involved. He knows how to get the ball in their hands and open space and stuff. He's he's no he's kind of known for that. But I also will remind you of this. He's also known for the Jordan Howards of the world. Okay, so just <laughs> which may be what a James Robinson uh, timeshare kind of thing will be where he's down there by the goal line. A little more James mm -hmm. Robinson, a little more beefy guy down there. Hey, uh, Garrett Wilson. 
I don't know how much you like wide receivers that are rookies, but Elijah Moore, Corey Davis, Braxton Berrios all played significantly more first-team snaps than did Garrett Wilson. And you know who they were taking those passes from with the first team, Rob? Your guy. Uh, for a little bit, because of yep. course, uh, you know we we know that uh, what, what's his name, uh, the mom the mom guy. He uh, <laughs> he got a little bruise on the knee, and then Joe Flacco looks like he is going to be in there week number one <laughs> for our New York Jets. Isn't that something? I'm going to be able to use Joe Flacco week one in the baby bowl. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I feel like he spoke it into existence. All come all all come full circle at this point. But yeah, with with the uh, with Wilson with Garrett Wilson, uh, it is a little bit. A little bit concerning. I, I actually really like Garrett Wilson. He was my my second rated uh, receiver. I, I had Drake London and then Garrett Wilson. Um, so it's a little bit little bit concerning that he was behind those guys on the first team snaps. Um, I'm not like super panicked or anything like that, but it does give a little bit of hesitancy to to a guy. I mean, I think his his ADP has already started dropping a little bit, um, at least from the underdog drafts I've been doing. So. I'll gladly take the discount. Um, I think he's just really, really talented. I do love Elijah Moore there too, and I, th- I actually have always liked Corey Davis. I just think that those three guys are—I mean, Barrios is a solid receiver, um, but I just think those three guys are much more talented. So I think, um, I think ultimately with wide receivers, we do see talent win out more often than not. I mean, it was a kind of situation where uh, I don't know last year or two years ago. I mean. With uh, Justin Jefferson, people were a little worried when he went to Minnesota, going to a, a running, a running, run-heavy offense. Um, AJ Brown, when he went to uh, the Titans, a run-heavy offense. You know, people get worried about the landing spots for those kind of guys, and and uh, I think ultimately with wide receivers, talent wins out more often than not. Yeah, I'll just say this though. I mean, Elijah Moore, uh, the, his stats with Joe Flacco. <laughs> In the game they played together last season, we're off the charts, man. It's, it, I'm black going. <laughs> I am. I am Elijah Morgan. I don't care. Jalen Hurts. Wow, did he look good? I I tweeted this out. I think if not, I I got it somewhere in my draft room, and I just didn't tweet it out. J, Jalen has always done well with scripted plays. You hear me on mm-hmm. that one? When I saw mm-hmm. him at Alabama, he always did well with scripted plays. I don't know how much he's progressed without the scripted plays. And when I say scripted, I mean the first 10 plays of a game, 10, 15 plays, at least from my era, they were kind of scripted out. I think San Francisco 49ers started doing that a lot, and then other people caught on with it. And and no matter what the defense shows, they're coming in with those 10 scripted plays. And I think that that's where, that's where Jalen Hurts really excels. I'll have to see it a little bit more into the games to think he is as good as I saw him in those plays in the preseason. But man, Rob, he looked great there out there that first week of the preseason yeah definitely it's one of those things you you love to see with uh i, I bet our guy uh kangas wasn't watching that game or maybe watching with his eyes closed and oh come on guys uh, Kevin ain't that good he can't throw the ball oh noodle spaghetti arm <laughs> i would say he's got the noodle spaghetti arm jalen hurts he I don't know. I don't know what he's got against him, but he's got. He's. I don't know if. I don't know if Jalen Hurts has some has, has some blackmail on Kangas or or what. But he. I uh, he's his brain. I mean, he made does a he does an impression of me each week. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I love Jalen Hurts. Um, I think you know. I think he's an elite fantasy quarterback. Even if he's not even. Even if he's not even a good 
real life quarterback. I, I, I don't even care. I mean, he was like, he had the most QB one finishes, um, most top 12 quarterback finishes among all QBs last year. He was like, I don't know, five or six in terms of like points per game, I believe somewhere in that range. And he's getting drafted around six right now. I mean, he has the best offensive line in the league. He had added AJ Brown, uh, Devontae Smith in the second year, Dallas Goddard, another year in the system. I mean, another year, Jalen Hurts has gotten better each year. I don't know. I don't know what's not to like it. And he runs so much. I just don't know what there's not to like in terms of his fantasy outlook. And they wanted to pass the ball. It, they yeah. they ditched the pass and they went to the run to win games and got to the playoffs. Great coaching decision to be able to change it up so much. But they went back to the pass in this preseason game mm-hmm. for whatever reason. I, you know that doesn't dictate. Uh, this tells me that that Philadelphia coaching staff. I don't trust what they show me because they could change it next week. But they wanted to pass at the beginning of the year. Maybe that's what they're going to do this year too. I think and, and I think so. By getting Brown, that that gives that's... me that indication as well. That's that's the that's my thought on it too. It's like you said, like they did go more run heavy, um, which is fine. It obviously helped them win games, but like you said, they went out, traded for AJ Brown, gave him another weapon. AJ Brown, one of the best wide receivers in the league, and I don't think you go out and trade for one of the best wide receivers in the league just to stay run heavy. And, <laughs> so and and then you think about their drafts in all those years before that. It, it seemed like what every every year round 1 and 2 they spent on a wide receiver. It's just like they they had yeah. this intention in their mind this whole time. Hey, uh second this was this was this was eye popping to me, Rob. Papa Bear. Papa Bear <laughs> Norton. Second year running back Trey Sermon played ahead of the rookie running back, but he was on the field for 11 of the first team snaps with Trey Lance. Trey Sermon's name is popping back up again. And you think about what they spent on him last season as far as a draft pick goes, how much they wanted him to succeed, how high we were all on Trey Sermon last year going into the season, and now he is the 69th running back off the board. Is that too hot, too cold, or just right to you, Papa Bear? I'm thinking it's about just right um, because – so I, I do like him as a late-round dart throw. Um I don't I don't mind it. Uh, Every year we seem to have a different San Francisco running back that really jumps out. Um, So I never it seems like I'm I'm the type that never takes like the early San Francisco running back. Um, I mean, not even that I think that they're going to get hurt or anything like that. It's not has nothing to do with that. It's just the fact that they do operate on somewhat of a committee uh, more often than not. Although Eli, Eli Mitchell, Elijah Mitchell was being treated pretty much as a workhorse when he was healthy last year. So it does give me a little pause about kind of fading him a little bit, but I do think that they're going to do some committee stuff. I do think they want Trey Sermon to be more involved. I do think also, I don't know if he would have played as much had Jeff Wilson been active. I think Jeff Wilson was inactive. Um, But the, the interesting part, like you said, was that he played over Tyrion Davis price, who was like a month ago, basically everybody's, one of a lot of people's favorite late round dart throw, um, you know, for the same under the same logic thinking, you know, we'll take a, a late, a late dart throw on a San Francisco running back and it's worked out in times before. So, um, yeah, I don't mind Trey Sermon. It's just that I, I think I do think Jeff Wilson might still be ahead of him, um, but I, I don't mind taking taking late round dart throws on Trey Sermon. OK, so we had a little show thing. 
all planned out here beforehand where, you know, Papa Bear thing, and then we're going to go to the pinch zone where people at the end of drafts, whether it's a 12-team draft or a 10-team draft, uh, we're going to talk about the pinch zone here in a little bit where people at the end of their drafts are just like, I don't know who to take. I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. Uh, and, and you feel like you're in a pinch. And I think that this sets it up perfectly for this uh, because when you talk about Trey Sermon, he's kind of in that pitch zone to me of a 10-teamer or a 12-teamer where you got to take a dart throw. you got to take a flyer. If you don't have a lot of running backs, you got to look for one of these guys. So I'm going to just go to – let's run this list a little bit like we do on DFS Dreamers where I'm going to ask you, would you rather have this guy or that guy? All right? And okay. we'll try okay. to move up the list, and we'll see how far we go. Boston Scott or Don Trell Hilliard, who would you rather have? Uh, I'll take Hilliard. Hilliard. And and that's just because he's an established number two in a Derrick Henry kind of offense, or he might get the, all that receiving work. Is that why? Yeah, I think, um, I think so. I think Kenneth Gainwell is more, um, going to get more of that second. Like, I think he's kind of like the Kenneth Gainwell of that okay. offense. So I think, uh, Scott is kind of a little bit more buried and even, even he would take a multiple injuries to, to gain as much as as uh, Hilliard could. Well, Boston Boston's got those a baby bull darling, isn't he? Maybe mm-hmm. that's what baby bull darling award is what we got to hand out this year. <laughs> uh, Dr. Hilliard or Samaji P. Ryan? I will still lean Hilliard. Hilliard. Um, all right, even in redraft, re- that's that's redraft, not best ball. Yeah, just because I think okay. Samaj P. Ryan, I don't mind Samaj P. Ryan, but I do think that Chris Evans still could get some 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 of the receiving work, and especially if Mixon goes down, I don't think P. Ryan's going to be a workhorse. So Hilliard has that flex appeal where P. Ryan will kind of just not, not have as many touches possibility per week. I got you. Uh, Hilliard or Mike Davis? So I guess I would say long-term Hilliard, but early season Mike Davis. Just because Gus Edwards not playing early in the year, so we're going to take Mike Davis in that possible work, possible flex zone for him. Yep, and plus Dobbins. I mean, Tomlin's tore his mm. tore his knee up about the same time as as uh, as Edwards did. So um, I don't think uh, they want to force Dobbins a ton of work right away. And I uh, so you could see Davis getting you know close to double digit touches early on. Boy, he looked good this weekend. Uh, not, not great. I mean, it's preseason, so you take everything with a great assault. But, man, he was finding the corners there in Baltimore. And you just know how Baltimore running backs are. It's just like you were mm-hmm. talking about with, with San Francisco running backs. Mike Davis is the guy for me in those rooms. Mike Davis or Chubba Hubbard. No, we ain't got to. Tyler Bott. We ain't got to. Jeff Wilson. Mike Davis or Jeff Wilson? Uh, I'll still go Mike Davis early for early season at least. Mike Davis, Jarek McKinnon. Still Mike Davis. Mike Davis or Trey Sermon? Still Mike Davis. Really? Mike Davis or Chris Evans? You already talked to uh, Go ahead. Chris Evans, I guess. I'm still taking Mike Mike Davis. Wow. Mike Davis. Uh, not Eno Benjamin. Eno Benjamin. That's a name. Okay. I'll make you choose. Mike Davis. <laughs> <laughs> Mike Davis or, uh, let's see, Sony Michelle. Kenya Drake. There's a name. I still would rather have Mike Davis. Mike Davis. Uh, you got Mike Davis sitting down here. Average draft position is 74. And Ra- Papa Bear Norton has said he is a lot colder. That's colder, I guess. I don't, I don't, I'm confused by now. Uh, Kenny, or Kenya <laughs> Drake at 64. So you take it. Mike Davis or D. Ernest Johnson in Cleveland. Oh, forget about it. I know Mike Davis is off the board yeah. now. 
I got I got to go Mike Davis still because Dearness. I love I, I like Dearness, but he's third on the team. I mean, he's not even going to get any touches unless unless one or both of those guys go down. So I still got to go Mike Davis, who might get he might you getting you 10, 10, uh, 10 touches a week early on. Mike Davis or Mark Ingram? There you go. Now, okay, Man. well, Kamara's not suspended though. It doesn't look like he's going to get suspended at all. Right. I'd still go Ingram um, just because I think I do think that even with Kamara healthy, Ingram will probably still get touches. Um, now, early, early on in the season, I would say Mike Davis might get more, but there's a chance that Ingram could still get more and he has more long term appeal too. And plus the fact he has more he has more handcuff appeal, I think. And uh, I mean, in case anything, injury or suspension does pop up for for Kamara. Um, Ingram Ingram would step into a bigger role than I think if one guy gets hurt for Baltimore than Mike Davis would. Mike Davis or J.D. McKissick? Uh, J.D. McKissick. Okay, all right. So we've kind of found the floor there. J.D. McKissick's number 50. You hear his love from Mike Davis if you're in a pitch towards the end of the drafts. <laughs> if you got any issues with that, you can follow Norton0723 over on Twitter. Over there, Rob is uh, always posting great things this time of year for football strategies. And I think you've kind of bailed out on uh, baseball right now strategies as far as your Twitter posts <laughs> go because you're just doing football right now. But uh, it's great It's great to have you on my side to be able to teach me all these things, Rob. Uh, good job by you. Hey, sub Something else that's going on there. I, I, Packers wide receivers. I got to ask you this because I think some people are in a pinch when it comes to the Packers wide receivers because there's so many. There are reports out there that that uh, these young guys who are receivers in that room, they don't know how to handle Aaron Rodgers, criticizing them for making bad plays in practices and on games. And they're, they're saying the right things, but I just kind of get this vibe that, you know, Aaron Rodgers is is rubbing the young guys a little bit the wrong way as far as their egos go. I'm not sure how those young kids are going to be able to bounce back to, you know, a legend like that, being able to uh, uh, criticize them. What do you think about this wide receiver core? Is there anybody out of those Packers wide receivers, young or old, that you're looking to get in drafts this year? Um, I want to man, take a fire re- on Lazard, but I, I just, you know, Aaron's going to throw it to whoever's open. Right. I'm, I'm, I kind of don't really love any of it. I mean, I like, I like dubs, um, a little bit, Romeo Dobbs or dubs, however you want to, however they say it. But, um, I think he's the one I've probably drafted the most, but he's starting to get like a ton of, I mean, he's starting to get a ton of hype. So his, his ADP has shot up. And so, yeah, I mean, I don't love Lazard. Um, I'll say that, um, I actually already have some bets against Lazard. Um, Watson, I didn't mind Watson for a little while, but he he's he's kind of seemed like he's, you know, like getting some negative reports more often than not, and and um, his but his ADP has fallen a bit, which is which is making him like a little bit more draftable. Like a one I'm, what I'm looking at here is Watson and Dubs have gotten really close in ADP where before it was rounds and rounds difference. And that's why I was taking dubs. Um, now it might switch. I might take more Watson um, if it's going to be that close. Uh, so, so yeah, I mean, I guess Watson, if they're that close, I'm kind of avoiding most of it. I, I, I 
I love Aaron Jones out of that. I mean, right, right. Um, and I, I don't mind honestly taking like late shots on Robert Tunyon. Me too. So that's that's usually where I'm going for for Packers exposure. I could see Tunyon getting that magical ten touchdown mark. You know what I mean? Like I, I just could see him getting that. I don't know who else. There's no Devontae Adams down there anymore. And after a couple of games of them just continuing to give it to Jones down there by the goal line or Dylan by the goal line, I think Tunyon's going to end up becoming that option. I, that's that's I, I I don't mind that at all. Hey, a couple of Redskin news. God, I'm going to say Redskins if that's okay. Uh, it's, I guess it is Fantasy Impact Today Network. I can say Redskins if I want to, right? Uh, but the Commanders, I'll be respectful. Uh, <laughs> Jahan Dotson played twenty all twenty two of Carson Wentz's snaps for the commanders and rookie Brian rabbits Robinson played more first team snaps than Antonio Gibson who ended up fumbling in that game. And that was one of the things that we talked about, Rob, I think it was you and I may have been me, me and Pierre talking about all of Antonio Gibson's fumbles last season. And you know, somebody like Ron Rivera does not like that. And maybe that's why they went out and got Brian Robinson. Maybe that's why they uh, brought JD McKissick back and said, no, you cannot leave us. Who would you rather have? Jahan Dotson or Brian Robinson this season? Um, I like both actually. Uh, where they're going, um, I would say that I'd probably rather have Jahan Dotson. Um, if we're talking about straight up, um, I do think Robinson, Brian Robinson, has more upside just in the sense of. But the thing is, even with Brian Robinson, if Gibson got hurt it would still be a two back committee between him and JD McKissick and he and Robinson wouldn't get a lot of, um, pass work, but he would at least get the, you know, he would get more, more carries and he would including carries inside the, inside the 10. Um, but yeah, so, so I'd, I'd say Dotson, uh, between the two, the thing with the thing with Gibson, man, Gibson's so frustrating because he's talented enough. We saw, we saw it when he's given, a full role that he's a really good fantasy back. I mean, he was a receiver in college. Um, he can do all those things. It's just, they seem like they don't want him to. And every, every, everything they do seems like they bring in, you know, they made a huge effort to resign JD McKissick. Um, and you know what his role is going to be in the passing game. Mm-hmm. And they went out and drafted Brian Robinson. Um, and it seems like they want to use him um, either to split or at least like the inside the 10 kind of carries. So if Antonio Gibson isn't getting work in the passing game and he isn't getting work in inside the 10, I mean, what is he getting? I mean, is he getting just empty, empty, like low value touches between the 20s where he's going to have to score outside the 10 or 20 to make get a get a touchdown? And he's I mean, I could see a, if he if he keeps that kind of role, I could see a lot of like 16 carry 64 yard, one catch, seven yard, no touchdown kind of performances and give you seven pa- fantasy points, even though he got. 17 touches because he doesn't get the high value touches. So, so yeah, it's uh, Gibson is, is uh, really, really, really moved down my board. I mean, he, I was already a, a fade on him as soon as they drafted Brian Robinson and brought back McKissick. I traded him everywhere. I had him months ago, but, but yeah, it, um, Brian, Brian Robinson could get that, get a good role. And Jahan Dotson has, has looked pretty good so far. So, and he's got good gra- draft capital and they don't really have a second. I mean, Curtis Samuel, I like Curtis Samuel too, but um, he hasn't like 
he's not established. So he'll be a different role too. If it's you know, yeah. you know what I mean? He's not a receiver. I don't think mm-hmm. Samuel's a receiver. Bells and whistles. Bells and whistles, that guy. Um mm-hmm. let's see. Mo Alley Cox. He is going to be tight end relevant this year. I don't know if he's going to, how many targets he's going to get, but uh, Matt Ryan can make a tight end relevant in fantasy football. So I'm just going to put that name out there. Mo Alley Cox got 15 snaps where Kyle Granson had nine with the first team snap. So uh, the, that Mo Alley Cox looks like a front runner there. I don't know what it, I don't know how it's going to shake out, which is something that we need to pay attention to <coughs> a little bit more. You got me choked up, Rob. Got me choked up. <laughs> yeah. I know how I know how you get talking about talking about Mo Alley Cox. So. <laughs> easy, easy, buddy. Uh, but <laughs> Mo Alley Cox is something we're gonna have to pay attention to here going on in the preseason. Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett. Do you know who little Kenny Pickett is? He is uh, the backup to Mitchell Trubisky, allegedly. He is the backup to Mason Rudolph, allegedly. But Pickett looked good the other night there with Pittsburgh, 95 yards. Two touchdowns, 13 of 15 passing, zero interceptions, three rushes for 16 yards. What do you think about little Kenny Pickett this year? Is he going to push Mitchell Trubisky for that starting quarterback job, Rob? I think it's possible. Um, I think I do think Trubisky probably will start out. I think the whole Mason Rudolph thing is just a just to appease the veteran type of type of move. Um, put him at the put him as a second quarterback. Make make the rookie work for it. Uh. Uh, Tomlin seems like kind of like an old school players coach. So I think that's more of what it is. Um, you don't draft a guy, even, even though they didn't draft him really high in the first round, they still use the first round pick on a quarterback to put him behind Mason Rudolph. So um, I, I do think that Pickett will end up as the second QB soon enough on the depth chart. And I do think that he's going to push Trubisky for the job eventually. Um I think I think they're still going to roll with Trubisky for as long as they're winning and and he's playing at least decently. Um, but as soon as they start losing games, falling out a bit more, they're going to want to see what what uh, Pickett can do in in live action. So uh, probably mid season, somewhere in that range, I would expect it to switch if not earlier. Isaiah Spiller. Isaiah Spiller got zero first-team action with the Los Angeles Chargers. Joshua Kelly had nine snaps. Larry Roundtree had seven, so just put that on your old radar. Uh, Also, wanted to say this. Zamir White had 12 first-team snaps, while veteran Kenya Drake had 11. You know, you and I talked about all the Las Vegas Raiders running backs that they have, and it wouldn't surprise me one bit if, if Bolden ended up with eight touchdowns while other guys had like two apiece this year. It just it, I, I, that's you know, it's, it seems like it's the Patriot way there in Las Vegas now, Rob, with the running backs. I don't know. I I I I don't know. I don't know about those running backs. I don't know if I want any of them. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty much kind of out on most of them. Um, the only time I would take any of them, I don't mind taking. Zamir or Kenyon Drake late. I mean, if they slip past ADP, but Jacobs Jacobs is another one where it's kind of like a less extreme version of Antonio Gibson, where Drake could steal pass work, Zamir White could steal pass work. It's possible that either one might get some inside the ten carries. I mean, I think I think Jacobs is more locked into like inside the ten carries than Gibson is on his team, and I also think he Jacobs is on a better offense so like that puts jacobs ahead of gibson for me um but i could see jacobs being a similar kind of guy where he's getting 200 
you know, he's getting 200, his, his usual 200 to 240 carries, but a lot of them coming in between the 20s. And uh, so it's, he's another guy that is in danger of being like one of those two down grinders in a in an offense where he's not getting, you know, the pass work or much of the the um, goal line work. And so, yeah, I haven't drafted too much Jacobs uh, either. So I'm pretty much out on that running game. Yeah. And, and, and here I'm going to say this about Kenny Drake. And I know you can't predict injuries every single year. I've seen Ken, little Kenny Drake ever since he was in the Alabama Crimson Tide uniform. And little Kenny Drake ended up hurt every single game. And then he would tough it out the next game for a quarter or two. <laughs> I mean, it's just one of those things, man. So don't take your shot. I mean, do, do whatever you want. Do it. It's your draft. But for me, Kenny Drake is always off the board. I'd rather take Samir White. Uh, personally, I'd rather take Bolton. As, as, hey, one more name, Rob. I'm going to put this out there. And I know it's a name like uh, Joe Flacco. I know... Whatever, whatever people want to say it is. Laquan Treadwell. Last season, he caught my attention a little bit. It, it, he, he seemed to play better towards the end of the year. They were, but but you know, they were always throwing the ball. And they had no offense whatsoever. They had no continuity. So I didn't want to put a lot of stock into it. But Laquan Treadwell played 17 of Trevor Lawrence's 25 snaps. And he was the most productive receiver on the Jaguars once at last season when everything broke loose. Uh, Laquan Dread, Treadwell is, is hard to say this time of night, but I've tried. Hmm. Uh, he, he seems to be one of those guys that I would want to take a chance on, especially in best balls where I'm stacking uh, the the Jaguars. If I miss out on ETN and I'm thinking, you know, I'm, I'm still going to go ahead and try and stack a couple of these guys. I think I'd rather have Treadwell than Chark if, if, if Chark's not there. Or uh, Chark, yeah. not Chark. Who is it? Who'd they go out and get? Kirk. Kirk. Uh, Kirk. Kirk. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, especially given ADP, I, I don't blame you. Um, I do expect Kirk, I mean, to lead the team, but um, would I be shocked if it if it wasn't? No, not at all. Um, it's kind of why I'm so big on Evan, Evan Ingram because they yeah. just have so much amb- ambiguity in uh, um, in terms of the wide receiver room. So, so yeah, I, I don't mind that because. Treadwell obviously was like a, you know, a big time prospect coming out and, you know, great in college. And uh, he hadn't really done a whole lot in the, in the pros. And then he emerged late last year, like you said, and he was effective. And um, so it wouldn't shock me if in a room full of uh, questionable wide receivers that he kind of kept being more relevant than we expect him to. Matthew Friedman, you did a wonderful job with those week one preseason takeaways. I hope we did you justice here on the Fantasy Impact Today Network. Thank you for being a friend and for putting those things together for us as we went over them ourselves. Uh, hey, Rob, make sure people are looking at your Twitter handle, at Norton0723. Your pinned tweet has all the Baby Bowl information that they can share with other people out there to be able to get them to join Baby Bowl and guess up to that 200 mark. I want 200. Maybe 200 is a little bit too high this year. I don't think so. But anyway, you can check it out on uh, my Twitter handle as well, at FI Today with a little underscore. You can look at it there. There or at Lofinet. I don't know if I got that at the pin tweet. I know I got the big banner. I don't know if you've been over to Lofinet anytime soon here, Rob, but it's a big banner there. I stole your banner, okay? And I put it up on my Lofinet account. That's okay. That's that's perfect. Yeah, that's fine with me. Okay, all right. That's good with you. Hey, make sure you leave <laughs> in a review. Make sure you hit some stars around whenever you do listen to this show on whatever listening platform you like to listen to it on. Make sure you do that for us. Rob, is the draft season, like you said, and people get in a pinch. And people are down here, I don't know, 10-team leagues, 12-team leagues. You and I were having a pre-show fist fight about 
what the average person is in, right? We're not going to go super flex because we just don't think the average person is in a super flex league nowadays. But I think uh, two, you know, uh, one quarterback, two running back, two or three wide receiver league with a tight end. We're going to not necessarily talk about kickers and defenses right this time, but we're going to go down to like the hundred mark of NFC ADPs right now. All right. And okay. let's go down there. And which I just, I want to look at your favorites of this and I'll, okay. I'll give you my favorites too down here in that 95 range. And there's some news on some of these guys as well uh, concerning their teams. We can kind of talk about this stuff a little bit. So I, I look at number, 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 number 95, Boy, I'm stuttering now that the T's wearing off number 95, Kenneth <laughs> Walker, a groin injury, right? He just not had a groin injury. That's not good heading into the season. And it really looks like Rashad Penny should be jumping up there. He's at 93 right now. Uh, are you are you still looking for Kenny Walker? Are you, I don't like it when people get groin injuries going into the year like this. Right. That's the thing is uh, we saw it with uh, Rashad Bateman last year and it lingered. Um, you know, that's the type of injury, hamstrings and, and quads and groins and stuff. The, those kind of muscle injuries tend to linger uh, anytime you pull a muscle like that. I mean, anytime you take a, you know, another explosive step, they, you have a risk of re-pulling it, aggravating it. So yeah, it, it it's a little bit. I was already a little bit lower on him as is. Um, I, I I've always had liked Penny more than Walker for this year. Um, and recently Penny had been dropping way down because he was a little banged up, and Walker started moving up. And uh, now it's gonna probably start going the other way with Walker banged up. So so yeah, uh, I'm I'm not drafting too much of Walker right now. You know what else, Travis Homer? I gotta say that name. I know DJ Dallas is a name everybody kind of remembers, but Travis Homer got a lot of third down look, I think, in this first preseason game, if I remember that statistics right. And he's just one of those guys, man, that if that if they're going to have to throw the ball around a lot, I don't know, man. I, every time I think that, I, then the other little side of my head says, no, Seattle's offense was so slow last year. I don't know how much of that I want. So it, it, never mind. This, I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it could be for deeper leagues. I mean, um, he's always a guy that kind of, gets a little bit more work than you than anyone expects him to. So it's always a guy that's ha- hanging around. Uh, so, yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, down here at the bottom, though, where it, where it, so 95 was Kenneth Walker, and we're kind of looking at 105. Who's somebody you got to just walk out of redraft rooms in? You know, if you got this guy and you're picking in this area, you're hoping falls to you, who's the number one guy off the board? Man, it's actually there's actually a good amount of guys I, in here. I mean, I feel like we should – I mean, most of the quarterbacks, obviously, we're just yeah. gonna like. Like, I love Trey Lance, um, so I think Trey Lance has the has the chance to be basically like. If you look back every year, last year it was Jalen Hurts who was getting drafted too late. He has the latest the latest QB that was a running QB. The year before it was like Kyler and Josh Allen. The year before it was Lamar, and uh, Trey Lance has the ability to be that. Um, and obviously, like. Some of the other QBs like Stafford, Carr, Cousins, all those guys are, you know, still in that tier where where they're very good quarterbacks. So any of those I like grabbing. Yeah, isn't that um, crazy that you see those big names down here? Uh, yeah. Just thinking about yeah. you know waiting on quarterback. Trey Lance has that rushing upside if you love that kind of thing going into the season. And also down here, Matthew Stafford, like you said, Derek Carr is down here. Aaron Rodgers is down here. Uh, you mm-hmm. got your pick of the poison. Out of those four quarterbacks, who would you rather have first? So I have Lance above all of them. Um, 
You just like and those then, running quarterbacks. So I, oh, I, 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 love, I love, I love them. Yeah, especially because that's the thing is like you look at down here. These are like QB 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, like all all the way down here. I mean, usually most most twelve team leagues, not many people are drafting two generally, and if unless they have huge benches. But if you have a you know a standard size bench where you you know, it's it's much more advantageous to uh, stash upside wide receivers and running backs on your bench in the hopes that they're going to come into a ton of value. Um, who's your so, who's your least favorite quarterback out of this bunch? Um, I think I moved. It's either Stafford or Rodgers, but I think I moved, and and they're all in the same tier. I have them all in the same tier, so it's it's really uh, negligible, but. I, 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 pro, I think I moved Stafford down below Rodgers recently just really? with the news of the elbow. But mm-hmm. um, I, it's, it's really between those two. Rodgers, Rodgers is always the guy for me that I'm like fading each year because he's, he's so efficient that it's hard to keep up. But obviously, that's just, he's just so good. So um, every year I seem to fade him, and every year he does well but i mean thing was last year heading into last year i think he was like qb5 or 6 off the board and he finished like qb10 or 12 which i had him ranked right at like 12 or 10 or something so like i i felt like i was fading based on adp this year he's going in uh, in a spot that i think is reasonable um i do think like i have most of these guys i'd rather take most of these guys cuz cousins has cousins and car to me have more upside with like new offenses better weapons um more probably will be more pass heavy, faster paced. Uh, Rogers losing Devonte Adams, um, so like it's it's a little bit more worrisome to me uh, with Rogers. So I would say Rogers. Maybe it's, it's, it would be Stafford if the elbow lingers. If not, Rogers. I got you. Yeah, I, I I can understand that. So it's good year to wait on quarterbacks. Is what you're saying too. If you're yeah, and that's. And that's that's why though that I like Lance so much among this group because Lance has by far the highest upside. I mean, people people always want to say, well, he can't do this or that, but the, the, they said the same things about <laughs> Lamar Jackson and heading into 2019. Lamar was getting drafted even later than what Trey Lance is going now, and Lamar had not even as good of a setup. He didn't have as as many weapons as Lance has. Um, he didn't have the same draft capital Lance has. He doesn't have the same scheme and and uh, offensive coordinator that, you know, Shanahan is considered. So um, Lance does, in my opinion, have QB1 overall upside. Um, it's not likely, but it wasn't likely for <laughs> Lamar when he had the breakout MVP year either. So um, the other guys around here do not have that upside. And so for me, like, since there is so many good quarterbacks, I might as well just take the shot on the highest upside guy. And if it doesn't work out, then some of these guys down here probably will be on your wire because nobody's going to. Yeah. 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 So like, that's why I do it. That's why I take the running quarterbacks all the time. All right. So you're in a pitch down here in that hundred zone where we're sitting right now, uh, 95 to 105. Uh, What running back do you like the most out of these guys? So yeah, running back. It's funny. Running back is very, it's, it's it's interesting. I actually like a few of these guys, but running back is very um, draft dependent and, uh, you know, mm. archetype dependent, depending on your build so far. But Cordero Patterson actually is like probably my favorite among the group. He jumped out uh, at me too. Just the, the yeah. upside for what he did last season. I, I, you, I discounted it last season during the season and I regretted it. You know, I was like, ah, Cordero Patterson, he ain't going to keep this up. And at the end of the year, I was like, boy, that was really stupid, Wes. That, that's how, yeah. that's the voice inside my head of myself, 
right, whenever I say <laughs> something like that. But and I don't want to go into the season thinking that, so it'll probably come back and bite me, and it might be the res- opposite this year. But I don't want to be the guy sitting on the sidelines, standing there looking either. Yeah, it's interesting because he did so well last year, and then all of a sudden they really didn't bring in much competition. I mean, they drafted Tyler Algier, but he was kind of a later round running back. And yeah, he could take away some some carries, but it wasn't like Cordero Patterson was like a used. I mean, he was used more than he ever has, but he wasn't. He still wasn't like a true workhorse type. I mean, he was getting you know pass game usage, which you, you want to see. Um, he was. They were getting him in space. They were using him correctly finally. And um, so yeah, he's he's a type of guy, especially if you didn't take a lot of running backs early, because he's a he's a he's a one of the latest running backs that you can get, and in drafts that still gets you know, a good amount of touches on a weekly basis, at least early on in the year. Whereas like, you know, a guy like Kenneth Walker is more of a stash and hope for a big upside or Kareem Hunt, kind of the same thing. I mean, Kareem Hunt's a little bit similar, but, um, and then like James Cook, um, I don't mind James Cook, but also, you know, it could be more of a stash. Um, Melvin Gordon, kind of same thing. I don't, I kind of like Melvin Gordon, but you know, with a lot of these guys, you're, you're basically drafting them, hoping that they're going to come into more value as the season goes on, whereas Cordero Patterson already has that value established. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zach Ertz, just for people's uh, knowledge here, Zach Ertz is running around down here at the bottom of this tier as well. There, He's about 103. I don't mm-hmm. see a receiver that I absolutely love here. I, Robert Woods is the biggest name, I think, down here in this area. Tyler Lockett is there too, but Robert Woods, I I would, I don't know. I, I, I don't like any of these wide receivers Russell Gage, I'm a little skittish on him with all the uh, news about Tom Brady not being in camp right now. I, Sky, I, don't, I don't trust the rookies as much. I don't see any wide receivers I'm just trying to leave this area with. I think I would rather have either waiting on quarterback here in this area and take a quarterback in here or uh, Zach Ertz. I'd rather have Zach Ertz than most of these wide receivers. See that, and that's the thing is that that's I think that's a lot of why I've taken a good amount of Zach Ertz in in like best ball drafts and things like that. Um, one, I take a ton of Kyler Murray, so like the stack works out pretty well. Two, I have Zach Ertz in the same to me. Zach Ertz is in the same tier as Dallas Goddard and T.J. Hawkinson, and Hawkinson goes seventy-seven versus Ertz one hundred three. So I mean, he's going two full rounds ahead of him, and I think they're the same tier. So. Out of that grouping, I get the most thirds and I get a little bit of Goddard sometimes. And then I basically, I think I've drafted Hawkinson once. So, um, so yeah. And then I, I get a lot of, of these QBs more often. It's Lance the most and then, then Carr and Cousins, depending. Um, and then I usually don't get a lot of Stafford or, or, uh, Rogers just because, you know, if I'm taking the other guys there. But yeah, I, and then I, I do take, a good amount of uh, CPAT and then I'll take a little bit of James Cook, a little bit of uh, Melvin Gordon. And out of these receivers, I probably have the most Russell Gage, but that was also, I was, I was more bullish on him, um, you know, before, before Tom Brady left before, um, you know, yeah, before the Tom Brady situation, before Julio signing, before mm-hmm. uh, Gage getting a little banged up himself. Um, I don't mind taking, um, uh, some of the rookies like Burks and Nalave, um, I don't necessarily like love them, but um, I don't mind it. But and same thing with Lockett, I kind of like Lockett's value. I mean, he's always a guy that seems to outperform his ADP. I don't love his situation, but I mean, I, there to me, there's no reason that 
Lockett should be going like four rounds later than than DK. I mean, every every year, even with Russ, Lockett and DK finished fairly close. So I don't understand why without Russ, all of a sudden Lockett is four rounds later than DK. So um, I don't mind him. But yeah, I do gravitate more towards Ertz, the quarterbacks, and uh, Cordero Patterson the most in this range. Damian Pierce and Melvin Gordon are right there next to each other. Which one would you rather have now after Damian Pierce had a, that good first week as in Houston's camp? Um, I, I I think I'd rather have Melvin Gordon. I'm I'm a safe guy though, and I think that Pierce has got a little bit of competition. You know, it's a three headed monster in Houston right now. Yeah, um, I agree. I know Pierce like is rising up boards fast. Um, with how he's looked, he's looked pretty good. I will say, like Pierce, to me, um, he has a li- he's also a little bit in danger of being like Gibson and Jacobs and Miles Sanders and those guys, where he's like a two down grinder on a on a team that's not that great, where he might get not a lot of pass work because I could see Rex Burkhead being more of the pass downs yep. guy, um, and uh, I could see Marlon Mack coming in and doing some inside the inside the 10 kind of work. So I don't know. I mean, Damian Pierce has some upside, but I think Melvin Gordon kind of any, and, he, and there's a chance that Damian Pierce has more work than Melvin Gordon right away. Um, so that's the, like the upside with it. But Melvin Gordon also is only one injury away from a full workhorse role. Damian Pierce probably needs two injuries for a full workhorse role. Um, Melvin Gordon also is a better, I think he's just a better player in general. Um, and so, and he's on a better offense. So I do prefer Melvin Gordon and it comes down to a little bit of a roster build as well. If you need, need more touches right away, maybe Damian Pierce is the choice. Um, but, but yeah, I, I kind of prefer Gordon and, and, and Pierce may be in the, you're not going to get the goal line carries rookie is going to go to a veteran mm-hmm. and Melvin Gordon may be in the, you're going to get the goal line carries veteran. Cause you're, you know, not the young blood. So it, it just may I could see Pierce not getting the goal line carries for sure. And Melvin Gordon, of course, had the eight rushing touchdowns, I think, last year. So we, we know that he has the potential to be able to do that in that Denver offense. Uh, this next little pinch area, okay? Let's go 110-ish all the way. We are talking about Derek Carr. We talked about Aaron Rodgers. So we can go down to that 112, Rondell Moore. A lot of people like him a lot, uh, Rob. And we can go all the way down there. I don't know, 120-ish, 120, something like that. That, that ought to finish out our 12-team leagues anyway. Uh, I, I see Kirk Cousins in here. Isn't that something? I'd take Kirk Cousins hmm. higher than Aaron Rodgers. I'd take, I'd take yep. Kirk Cousins better than Mas- Matthew Stafford. And I'm really mm-hmm. debating whether or not I'd do that over Derek Carr right now just because I know Kirk Cousins has the chemistry with those other guys. I still got to see Derek Carr do it with three new wide, not three new wide receivers, but you know what I mean, uh, a three new wide receiver set there in Las Vegas. I, I know what Kirk Cousins brings to the table. That's interesting to look at right there. Plenty of quarterbacks to choose from down here in this mm-hmm. area. Do you see a wide receiver you got to leave this room with? Um. There's nobody that I like have to get, but I do love Garrett Wilson. Um, and I know we talked about him earlier, but he's and he's he's kind of fallen down drafts a little bit. But he is a guy that I just think is you know an elite talent. Um, I mean, he's okay. a top top end draft pick, great draft capital. His measurables are great. His college resume is great. Um, the situation isn't like ideal, and obviously the the whole thing with the first team snaps isn't isn't ideal either. But 
I just think that ultimately with wide receivers, talent wins out. So he's probably the guy I've drafted the most among here, uh, among the wide receivers. 12-team league. Are you, would you rather have, who'd you say? Garrett Wilson. <laughs> okay, Garrett Wilson. <laughs> I, knew, I knew it was. I couldn't find it, though. Uh, Garrett Wilson or Michael Gallup or DJ Chark. Who would you rather have? Oh, Wilson by far. I don't, I don't, I don't, with, let's say Gallup this year, Gallup for me is, is the equivalent of what I touted, um, Preston Williams like a year or two ago where people were, were like, Oh, let's, let's have this guy who's coming off an ACL injury, a major injury. Um, and it was, was just thoroughly mediocre, um, and be our, be our favorite late round sleeper because of the upside, I like Gallup as a player, but the guy's coming off a major injury. He's never been anything really more than like a wide receiver two, three for stretches. And he's not going to play for like probably maybe even up to half the season. I mean, so it's like to me, Michael Gallup, I, I won't, I probably won't even draft him unless it's like the deepest of deep leagues. Okay. Uh, well, just a couple more minutes here on the Fantasy Impact Today Network on the Baby Bowl podcast. Running backs in this area, you got Naheem Hines, all right? Rashad White, did I say that? Rashad White uh, from Tampa mm-hmm. Bay, he's in there. Kenneth Gainwell is in there as well. Is there anybody? Uh, Michael Carter is in here. James Robinson is in here. Khalil Herbert is in here. Any of these guys jumping out at you as somebody that you would rather go, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get this guy here as a late-round flyer and feel pretty comfortable about it. Um, I like, I like Daryl Henderson a bit, especially with the word that he could be splitting with, uh, Cam Akers and plus, you know, um, if Cam Akers does happen to go down like any other running back, he could, he could, we saw Daryl Henderson in a workhorse kind of role last year and he was fine. He was solid. Um, especially for where you're drafting him here, he would definitely rock it up. Um, Gainwell, Gainwell is kind of, kind of interesting. Um, I think he could get some, uh, some of the pass down work for the the Eagles and Carter is a little bit interesting as well. Um, he could maybe get some pass down work for, for the jets, even though I do love Brees hall. Uh, but, and I think Brees hall eventually just take over for them, but Carter Carter's not a bad running back in his own right. So um, yeah, those are my favorite. I'm not really big on uh, Rashad white. I like Rashad white, the player, but I just think that, with if especially if when Tom Brady if Tom Brady comes back or whatever is going on in that situation, but Tom Brady is the kind of guy that you you got to have his trust to be out on the field, and I think Fournette really has that. It showed last year that he was you know on the field all the time, especially in passing downs. Fournette got so much usage, you know, checkdowns, uh, all that kind of stuff. So I think Rashad White is kind of more of a stash, and he I don't I think he really only has value if like Fournette gets hurt. I saw Ertz earlier in that tier above it. And you know how it is nowadays in tight ends, uh, with tight ends, you, it, it's either hero or zero, right, until the end of the draft. And we're approaching the end of the draft in our little pitch zone here. Would you rather have Ertz, Komet, or Irv Smith? Or is there somebody else down here? I didn't see Ingram's names. I scrolled down here. I didn't see Ingram, if Ingram's down here. So we'll throw Ingram in here as well. Um, I, th- so Earth's you said Komet. Evan, Evan Ingram. Yeah. I will say Ertz commit or <laughs> I didn't see Evan Ingram. I know you like, I know okay. you love it. We're going to take, Evan I do Ingram love Evan out Ingram. Of, we're going to take okay. Evan Ingram out of here. Cause they're, everybody listens to this podcast. So they're going to take them before those other guys. Yeah. I was going to say Evan Ingram 
just just for for people you know Evan Ingram I yeah I love him because he's so far down and he has so much upside compared to a lot of these guys so like Evan Ingram is the one out of the ones you were talking about I have the, the most I've drafted the most just because he goes after so many guys where Evan Ingram has a possibility of leading his team or being top two in targets um but after aside from Evan Ingram from the other guys I think I've drafted Ertz the most but I like the value on both Ertz and Komet. My one worry with Komet, um, I like him, and I think he has a path to being top two targets on his team, which I like to see. Um, he reminds me of a discount TJ Hawkinson from last year. Um, I think it was someone else that mentioned this, Chris Towers, I think, talked about this on on Twitter, and um, it was something that I I had thought about myself, and I never really put into words, but it made so much sense after more after he had actually you know said it. But you think you compare their situations. Hawkinson last year, people were uh, spiking way up because they were like, "Well, who else are they going to throw it to on on uh, Detroit right. heading into the year?" And that's kind of how it is that you know, they're like, "Okay, you got Darnell Mooney, but who else are they going to throw it to on on the Bears?" And that can be a little bit of a dangerous game. I mean, we saw it with Hawkinson. Everyone was just like, oh, this is the Hawkinson breakout year, like second or third year heading in. He's who else are they going to throw it to? And then it just didn't really happen. I mean, he was okay. Um, and that's a little bit of a worry with Komet. Like, I think his efficiency metrics are pretty bad, um, but the opportunity is there. So I do still like him. Um, but there is there is that like always that little bit of worry in, in the back of my mind that maybe he's not really like that great. He just has that opportunity. <laughs> so um, but yeah, I do like I do like Komet at the value. Um, Ertz is probably the one I draft the most of. And then I like Irv Smith, um, but the finger thing a little bit, yeah. uh, a little bit worries me. And he has so- the least opportunity and least path. All right. Uh, let me let me say that Ertz. Uh, I love Ertz at the beginning of the season, especially before Hopkins comes back. Is yep, that Hopkins? Yep. Great trade bait. Then, okay, mm-hmm. because you you can always then you can patch together some tight ends that are out there, especially in a ten team league or a twelve team league. You possibly do that as well. I, I love Cole Komet even season long. I I think the opportunities are there. I remember Allen Robinson not playing that much or playing that well when he was on the Bears last season. And Cole Komet still had a lot of targets. Whatever target share you thought he had last year, he's going to have that target share this year. You mentioned who else are the Bears going to throw it to? Well, besides Hail Marys that they're going to be throwing it to all the time with Justin Fields laying on his back because that offensive line is so terrible right now in Chicago. T.J. Sharp. Am I saying that name right? T.J. Sharp. He, He is becoming a name buzzing around that camp Mm -hmm. and uh, somebody that fields likes. So I'm just going to say that that may be not that you want three, three or four pieces of the Chicago bear pie. You do not want that. Don't let, don't listen to me. I'm not going to listen to me, Rob. I am so sensible. (laughs) I am so level-headed. I know I shouldn't do that anymore. I am so happy that I have been sitting down there with you at the air. You guys have been tutoring me, schooling me. JB Barry makes fun of me in draft rooms. You know, (laughs) so I learned my lesson all throughout the time but he's he's the other name that's there that i think might be able to become a, like a third down back but darnell mooney looks great too so yes i, I don't mind cole commit at all good job mm-hmm. good job tonight rob we entered the pitch we entered the pinch zone we didn't even talk about paris campbell who i just absolutely love this season we didn't I talk about too. him uh he's he's a great name to have that we 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 talked all about evan ingram we didn't even talk about isaiah mckenzie who I think is the better uh, guy to own now than Jamison Crowder from camp. 
Agree mm-hmm. or disagree? 100% agree. I love Mackenzie. Okay. okay. Oh, wow. This is, this is terrible. Uh, Corey Davis. I do like, I like Corey Davis better than I like Garrett Wilson this season. Uh, Corey Davis is just, he, he, he's, he, I think he, I think he's, uh, well, that's a hope and a prayer. See, whenever I don't have anything to back it up, it's just, I don't <laughs> it's, need to do it. I, and that's the thing is I, 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 I've always liked Corey Davis, so I don't, I don't dislike Corey Davis. I actually kind of like all three guys. I've I've yeah. taken I've drafted all three a pretty decent amount so far because they're all three kind of cheaper than what they should be. I get so excited thinking about getting Joe Flacco first week of the baby bowl. I, I, I can't help it. I can't help I'm it. expecting I'm expecting to roll him out there. Good old good old jet stack. It's happening. It's going to happen. Hey, good job, Rob. Make sure you follow Rob at North0723 on Twitter. Don't forget to follow me at Loafinit on Twitter. And you can also follow the show at FI Today with a little underscore. Please leave a review. Please leave a comment. Please leave a like. Uh, All those things on whatever listening platform you like to listen to it on. But more importantly than all those actions, well, no, there's one action that's really important. And that is sharing the baby bowl with your friends. Encouraging them to join not because we want to be able to this is all for charity uh don't forget how that how that works half of it goes to charity the 50 dollars entry free half of it goes to charity the other half goes in the prize pool so you get a chance to win it back great camaraderie great discord all those things you can enter that discord even if you don't enter into the baby bowl and there are some great minds in that discord you can find it over there on rob's pin tweet at norton 0723 over there on twitter and fit fam we always want to encourage you to find a way to make a positive impact in somebody's life today.